Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk to Retta Cramdy of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Just signed a two-year contract extension. And Landon Barasa of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes has signed a contract to come back with the fish for a fourth season. That's all coming up on the podcast. Winnipeg Blue Bombers have signed for the second time in as many days one of their pending free agents. Later on in the show, we'll get to hear from Offensive lineman Pat Newfeld, who signed a deal yesterday at a conference call. You'll hear those clips coming up. But today, a member of the defense, Retta Cramdy. Second round pick in 2021, 16th overall pick. He's gone from special teams contributor to starting Dimeback 11 starts this past season, plus the West Final and the Grey Cup. And Retta joins us now. Retta, how does it feel to be back in blue for another two years? More than happy. I'm thankful and grateful to be back in Winnipeg. A special group of guys, a special group of coaches, and um, no words can describe how happy I am. Was there ever any doubt that this was going to happen? I was hoping that it was going to happen. I didn't know when, but I was hoping they would offer something, and uh, it came right before holidays, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm thankful. So this is your first time being a, a pending free agent, right? What was it like for the last month since the Grey Cup? It was uh, dealing with the loss of the Grey Cup and then dealing with the stress of not knowing, the unknown. So it was pretty uh, mixed with a lot of different emotions, I would say. All right, let's talk about the Grey Cup. It, it, it is one month ago today. Uh, that uh, you lost to the Montreal Alouettes. Have you gone back to watch the game film yet? Yes, I watched it. I, I can't sleep before watching the game, so I watched it pretty quick. And, uh, yeah, nothing much I can say. They played a good game, and hats off to them. That night, did you watch it, or did you, like, back in the locker room, back in the hotel? When did you watch it? I watched it the following day. Okay, so you did sleep once. No, nah, I watched it for a lot of times, to be okay. honest. And uh, I guess, do you find that watching it, and this is now two years in a row, do you find that watching it helps you get over it, or is that something that's going to stick with you for a long time? It will stick with me since I'm from Montreal, and I'm in Montreal right now, so it's really different to be in the city that won the Grey Cup and from the city that won the Grey Cup and played against that team and lost it. So I think this one will stick a little longer. Growing up, were you an Alouettes fan? I started, I started football pretty late, so not really. I knew Calvillo, of course, and Chip Cox, but I wasn't really, I wouldn't say I was an Alouette fan. Okay, but did you hear from friends in the Montreal football circles that were of Alouettes course. fans? Were you teased a bit? Of course, of course I heard. I'm, I'm, I grew up and I'm still living in the same neighborhood, so... People in my neighborhood know I play for the Bombers. And they've, them being fans of football, of course, being from Montreal, they're fans of Alouette. But they've been supporting me for the past couple of years. But I keep hearing from them every time they see me walking around in the neighborhood. They, they're happy for me and saying I have a good season. But they can't hide that they're happy that the Montreal Alouette won. So, like I said, this one would stick around. This loss would stick a little longer. So you'd love to have had the Grey Cup win, but for you personally this past season, you're third in the CFL, to go from uh, a bench guy to a starter, what was that process like for you? 
uh, gaining the trust of my teammates, my coaches, and just doing my job on the field and just evolving by not only doing my job, but trying to do my best to do my job at a higher level and make plays when they come my way. So it was a special season for me, of course. Like you said, going from the bench to special team to being uh, on the field, playing defense, surrounded by Hall of Famers. So it was special, and I'll forever, I will never forget this year. This year was special for me, of course. When it began, did you get a sense that you might be able to earn a starting spot at some point? Uh, I was, to be honest, I came in this year, uh, last year, the 2023 season. I came in and I was just told myself, I'm going to do my, whatever I'm asked to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do it the best of my abilities. And they went with me, gave me a chance and I just never looked back. So as the season goes along, are you gaining confidence in your abilities? Of course, of course, of course. Like the more, there's nothing compared to having game time repetition. So you get more comfortable, you get more, a better sense of the timing. And uh, yeah, I would like to believe I I got better each and every game, each and every practice. And uh, yeah, hopefully next year will be, I'll I'll start just as the, the level I played the last game, I will start for game game one next year that's that's where i will start so and we'll move up from there now you're a graduate of the university of montreal they won the vanier cup this season was that something that you uh, you cared about did you watch that happen i was at the game actually um carabin university of montreal team will ever be will ever have a special place in my heart i know still in contact with the coaches with a bunch of players and i'm i'm a carabin for life so of course I was more I was happy. I was happy that they won. This is the part of the show where I mentioned that I went to the University of Western Ontario and the Western Mustangs were destroyed by Montreal <laughs> in the national semifinals. So that was a that was a rough one, but I'm sure you enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. The defense played really good football. Yeah. They had the best defense in the country and they showed it. Yeah, the, the Western had, I think they turned the ball over four or five times in the first half because yeah. Montreal was just yeah. relentless. So that was one I think I turned off at halftime because I could tell Montreal was going to win that football game. But uh, <laughs> f- for you now in this off season, as you get ready for your fourth season, h- how does your preparation change as you grow as a pro? Or does it is it the same every year? What do you have to change? I think it's just learning uh, what your body needs and working around your need and around what you want to work on. And the toughest challenge in the CFL, not gonna, I think it's not a secret for nobody, but it's an 18-game 18, 18 regular season, so you have to stay healthy. So just keep in mind that you, it's a long season. You need to get your body ready for them 18 games. And as a, like you mentioned, I don't think anything would change. Only thing that would change this year is I'm back in school, so... I'm taking a couple of classes to finish my degree. Okay, so uh, what do you? How busy are you then with schoolwork during the week? What does it look like for you? It's uh, I have two classes on Tuesday, two classes on Thursday, so it's pretty smooth. I don't, it won't have any effect on my off-season training, but it will keep my mind and keep my mind occupied until football's back. On campus or remote? Sorry. Are Are you at the school or just doing it online? I'm at the school, at the school. So you're going, does it feel like you're going back in time a little bit? A little bit. It'll be fun. It'll be an experience. I'll be in class with 
people born in 2005, so it would be kind of funny. But, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to go back to school and finish that degree. It's important. And what's the degree in? It's in uh, administration IT. Okay, so computer stuff? Computer stuff, yeah. Okay. Why did you want to do that? I think the world is evol- evolving that way. And, uh, yeah, that, that would be the, the answer I'll give you. I don't have no particular quality or uh, I'm not really a computer guy, but I know the world is evol- evolving that way, so I'm trying to get into it. Gotcha. Okay. So you're turning 27 on Friday. Are you the oldest guy in your class? I probably will be the oldest class, uh, guy in my class, to be honest. <laughs> Hey, you know what? There's there's no age that you have to stop learning. So it's awesome that you're you're out pursuing that. Are, do you have any big plans for your birthday? Seeing as it is three days before Christmas, I'm sure you always got presents lumped together growing up. No, nothing much. I'm not a big uh, I'm not big on celebrating my own birthday, but I'm sure my my mom will have a little I'll have a little dinner with my family and just keep enjoying the vacation with my family and just being around my people. Well, Red, I appreciate you coming on the show tonight, spending some time with us. Congrats again on the new deal. Best of luck in the offseason and with your classes, and we'll see you when you get back to Winnipeg. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Have a good evening. That's Red Cramby, defensive back for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, signing a two-year extension with the team, scheduled to become a free agent in February, so that is now three pending free agents of the roughly three dozen the team has. Willie Jefferson, Pat Newfeld, Red Cramby under contract. Last season was not a great one for the Winnipeg Gold Eyes in their first year after Rick Forney, longtime manager. Rick Forney left, Greg Taggart takes over, and it did not go well. 43-57, and 57, they finish last in the West Division. And now Logan Watkins is the manager. We talked to him earlier uh, in the offseason, but lately they've added another piece to their 2024 puzzle, and that is Landon Barassa. Canadian starter, 27 years old, 20 and 11 in three seasons in Winnipeg with a 417 ERA in 43 games, 39 of them starts. Last year specifically went 11 and 6 with a 462 ERA in 109 innings, his biggest workload as a pro after joining the team in 2001 out of the University of San Francisco. I caught up with the Lethbridge, Alberta native earlier today who told me he's spending the winter here in the peg for the first time. So you're here full time now? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'd have to be, right? If, uh, you know, got a nice apartment here with my girlfriend and uh, some other job opportunities throughout the winter, so staying busy. But, yeah, in Winnipeg full-time now. It's not like you're one of the Blue Bombers that's from Texas who's decided to live here year-round. You're from Canada. You're from Lethbridge. You know what cold is like, so it's not like Winnipeg is some bitter, remote place, right? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, I got plenty of teammates from Texas, California, and I mean, even myself. I spent uh, the off season before last living in living in San Francisco, so it's uh, it's been a bit of a shock coming back to Canada for these last two off seasons. But I mean, once you've done it as a kid, you're just used to it, so it really hasn't been that different this year. So, why do you want to come back and play another season with the Gold Eyes? Yeah, well, I mean. First of all, it's because I've had such a great experience over these first three years. I think um, just, you know, the bonds and, and relationships I've, I've uh, formed with a lot of the teammates and, and just the people involved with the club. I mean, it's, it's really been a great destination for me personally. And I think 
just also having family that lives here in, uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say here, but family that lives in Saskatchewan or Alberta, I say here as in Canada, right? Like it's, it's not, uh, out of the question for them to get, to be able to come and and watch me play once or twice a year. So that's something that I'd never got as an opportunity when I was in college. So I've really enjoyed that aspect of it the last three years. So you were in college, uh, mainly in, it's in San Francisco. What was the biggest, yep. I guess, learning curve going from the NCAA to independent pro ball now these last three years? Yeah, I think it's just a matter of the experience, right? And I think every year that, that you play, you get a little bit older, you get a little bit smarter. Um, and I think just understanding with a lot of these hitters at this level, you can't just get them out the same way every single time, right? Where I can, you know, I can use a certain sequence or a certain pitch in their first at bat, but you know, in that second at bat, they're going to be looking for me to try to do that. So I, uh, it kind of turns into a bit of a cat and mouse game really at this point. And, and I think in college, it's, it's more of, Hey, if, if your stuff is better than them, you're just going to continue to beat them and, and people don't make adjustments as quick. So, being at this level, playing with a lot of or playing with and against a lot of guys that have a ton of experience, uh, they understand how to make those kind of adjustments, and that's the challenge, really. And I think that we're all trying to improve that, especially when we make that transition from college into professional baseball. So this past season, you had the most starts you've had in a in a season, I think, probably since you were a kid. But based based on your baseball reference page, the most starts you've had going back to at least before college. Uh, how have yeah. you been able to progress to the point where you're able to be more and more available and and to take on a bit more of a workhorse role? Yeah, I think that a lot of that just comes in with the work that I put in throughout the off season, and then the maintenance throughout the season, and and I've really prided myself on being somebody who's who's always been available right where I haven't uh, I haven't missed a start I think in the last four years going back to college where I've always been I've always uh, been you know willing to get willing to take the ball and been healthy enough to do so and and it's just something that I pride myself on and you know if we're if we're on the team we're players we're expected to to go out there and perform every fifth day and that's just what I try to do you had two complete games last year as well what is that feeling when you finish a game that you started? <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny, honestly, for me as somebody who's been a starting pitcher pretty much my entire life to, to finish a game is something that you, you know, you don't always get that opportunity to do as, you know, comparison to somebody who's in a, in a relieving type role. But when you get a chance to, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a special feeling. And it's just a testament to, you know, one, your team's performance that day between myself and the catcher and obviously the defense behind me. So it's a special feeling. It doesn't matter if it's me, if it's a teammate, but when somebody gets to accomplish something like that, it's just a really good feeling. And generally, too, that that means that we've won the game. So that's always a plus. So when you're in a a game like that, it is rare, but are you thinking about your pitch count? Are you thinking about, wow, it's it's the seventh inning and I've still got lots left? What's your thought process? Or, Or do you ever really think, oh, I could go the distance? Is it more inning by inning? I mean, I think it's just one of those things that naturally happens, right? Like where, where if you have a quick couple first few innings and you're thinking, okay, like, you know, I, I can go deep into this ball game, but realistically, every time I pick up the baseball, it's, you know, Hey, I don't, I want to finish the game. I want to do that as, as, as often as I can. Does it work out that way? Nah, very rarely, but I mean, it's all about giving your team outs in the seventh inning and really getting deep in the ball game. And I was fortunate enough to, uh, like I said, you know, playing some games where we made a bunch of really great plays behind me defensively and, and allowed me to go deep into ball games like that. So, what's on the agenda for season number four as a Gold Eye? What are you hoping to accomplish? 
I mean, I think as a team, I would I would love to get us back in the playoffs, and I think that's the uh, that's the main focus. Obviously, bringing a championship back to Winnipeg is something that we're all striving to do, and and I think this year having Logan on as the manager, I think we've got a really good opportunity in the roster we're going to be building to to be competitive as we always are, but to really be a top end playoff team is is really the expectation for us. What interactions have you had with Logan so far? Yeah, no, had a few phone calls and and just really talked about, um, you know, his little bit about his career, some of his philosophies, and then obviously just, hey, what what do we got to do here? What's the next steps in Winnipeg? How are we going to put a winning team on the on the field? And and then just him and I kind of going back and forth. I'm I'm giving him some contacts with people that I know that you know are good players that can help contribute, and he's asking me about some guys that I may have played with or against, and and it's just nice to be able to. Uh, to help, you know, in that in that sense where he's been super receptive to any kind of players and and honestly really respectful of my experience he's here over the last three years. So it's kind of nice to be able to give feedback and and know that it's going towards uh, you know a good cause and and we're all working towards the same thing. So I'm just excited for for what's to come really. And what about uh, new pitching coach Mark Brewer? The team announced that yesterday. Yeah, I so saw we uh, made that announcement. And I just you know, just real quickly read through that article. And I mean, the resume there speaks for itself. That's somebody who's experienced, knows what they're doing. And, and is obviously in order to keep getting jobs at that kind of level, they, they've uh, been winning and they've been really helping develop pitchers across that. So I'm really looking forward to getting the chance to work with him this year. Yeah. For our listeners, he was uh, most recently with the Fresno Grizzlies in the class A California league. Uh, He's also been a minor league pitching coach for a number of uh, MLB teams over the course of his career, 65 years old. So what does your off season look like now before you get back into spring training and, and beginning the 2024 season? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I could always, you know, I think a little bit immediate right now, I'll be heading home to Alberta for a week and then heading down to Arizona to see my dad for a week and, and taking a little bit of time in, in the warmth there. But then, you know, it'll be just the continuation of the training that I've been doing throughout the winter. And, uh, honestly just staying as busy as I can. And we had the gold ice camp this past Saturday and had a really good opportunity to connect with the community and a bunch of different kids. And, and I mean, the amount of, the amount of kids that I saw at those camps that I remember seeing those faces in the crowd or, or kids that right away are going to say, Hey, I'm going to come up to you next year in the dugout, yeah. that kind of stuff. Like it was just a special opportunity. So just things like that. And, uh, and like I said, just staying busy, keeping up with my training and, and staying on top of things, making sure I'm ready to go for this next year. So what are you doing in the off season for work? Yeah, so I'm uh, working at Home Run Sports, the store, and then I'm helping coach at the uh, training facility as well. So honestly, it's been baseball, baseball, baseball for me 24-7 when it comes down to my training, coaching, and then working at the store too. But I've really been loving it, and it's just awesome to have you know places like that at my disposal where I can really get some, some good uh, – some good uh, experience, but also, you know, be able to help and give back as much as I can. So you're the kind of guy that doesn't need a break from baseball. You just want baseball all the time. Yeah, honestly, it's kind of how my life's been. And I'm, I'm really not opposed to that. I think uh, some people, you know, may have a tendency to get burnt out, but I mean, it's all, it's all different within the same game, but I, I really do enjoy it. And, and especially just the relationships with those people that I get to work with and coach with and, and train with the course. It's really fun for me. Well, Landon, appreciate you taking time to talk to me tonight. Happy holidays, and uh, good luck as you head into this next season with the Gold Eyes. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for the time, and happy holidays to you as well.
Landon Barasa, Winnipeg Gold Eyes pitcher, joining us on the Sports Show tonight. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to.